0: Crossface.
1: The Daily Talk Show, a conversation sometimes worth recording,
0: with Josh Jensen and Tommy Jacket. The Daily Talk Show, everyone. Oh. Jules Lund, ah. what's going on? Ooh. <laughs> How come
1: you're the only one with headphones on? Uh,
0: because I'm the only one trusted to monitor this shit. <laughs> yeah, and I don't care enough. That's <laughs> yeah, true.
1: Um, I was having drinks with your wife the other day, Jules. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> There was other people there, kids involved, my wife. <laughs> Hang on a second. This sounds <laughs> <laughs> <sexy. laughs> right. And, uh, and you were nowhere to be seen. You were in New York. We were sending you photos. But the, on that day, I worked out something. Oh, I, finally. Well, I joined <laughs> I joined some dots. Um, Anna told me that when her waters broke oh. and she was in labor, that you were on the phone to Josh Jansen. Yep. Josh Jansen was on the phone to me when Amy's waters broke. You are an inducer.
2: Yeah, it's true. JJ the inducer. So what happens is when you're well overdue, you just get on the phone to Josh Jansen and
0: your water's break. Don't even have to be there in person. It's pretty no. amazing.
2: you just get the partner to get yeah. on the phone and just you, all of a sudden humans are so excited to meet this person, Josh Jansen. They just come flying out of...
0: It's, it's true, flying out of what? Wow. Well, <laughs> out I'll, of wherever. I'll Google it. The... Um, no, because even Tommy called, went. so he said, mate, I've got to go. Amy's water's just broken, hung up. But so then call, but then, was nice enough to call me back on the way to the hospital.
1: We are in the car. Mm. And
2: See, um, I, I was the same. I mean, as you know, I micromanaged you for years. <laughs> you and, and even through my wife's labor, I was saying,
1: just cut another, just a second out of that edit. Just cut a second out of it. So there's a connection to usuals through Josh working um, at the radio station together. Yeah. And then. You and I, we've had our connections over the years yeah. working together.
0: The way you're saying it sounds seedy. <laughs> yeah, the,
2: the,
1: yeah it's, it's more like friendship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Purple. they call it friendship. Yeah, I've been trying to <laughs> leverage for years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a classic sort of leverage. It's a, it's a Friday. I feel like uh, blood sugar's low. You need, to, need to pump it up, it's, get a bit of it's energy. It's like
1: after four o'clock on a Friday. And I know I right. miss How much energy do you usually have? More.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: But you haven't had sugar for four
0: years. Uh, no, no, as I said, I've been zigging and zagging. I had a little bit of uh, chocolate just before. And are you uh, about to drop? Are yeah, you falling into a I coma? I feel like, exactly. But we had some uh, delicious uh, uh, Guzman and Gomez. Yeah. Yep. Which was uh, had the enchilada. Are you um, hoping to get a sponsor? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've been hoping for a hundred and something episodes. Yeah, we did it. We didn't tell Hamish, but during his episode, we mentioned Nando's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sent it to Nando's. And, uh, good on uh, yeah, no, he, uh, you got no, a good no, plug. No bite. But no we're bite. sitting here in the
1: boardroom of the office of the company you founded. Yep. Which um, we're, just, we're just talking about the growth of the office spaces. You started out in this little in a little corner, then you went to a a a bigger one down an alleyway, yeah, and then you've come back and taken the whole floor of a a building in South Melbourne.
2: Yeah, and ironically where we started was in the corner of this very floor, but it was tiny. And then, yeah, we came back. It was an exciting day actually because we grew so quickly. I think we were here for a few months and then we went up the road for about a year. But in that year, I think we must have been hiring two people a week Mm -hmm. and it just grew so quick. And so we didn't realize, we thought that that was going to be our office. It was sort of three stories and there was one toilet. And we're like, oh, come on, there's only 15 of us. And then all of a sudden it just started to get up to 35. <laughs> mm. And it was horrendous. Like by the end, the noise, because you have it, salespeople, you know, the echo. And we were, it was, and so then we sort of, yeah, we redesigned here. And then we came back in here. I mean, you look at this, it's, it's my favorite
0: part of, we're in, is it Albert Park? Is that technically yeah. where we are? Well, it's South Melbourne. But mm. on
2: one side we're overlooking um, Albert Park Lake and it looks beautiful. And then on the other side you're looking at the cityscape and um, – and
1: you've got light on both sides, and or as you would have said on Getaway, it doesn't get any better than this.
0: <laughs> G'day, guys! After the
2: break, Katrina takes us to family-friendly Fiji.
0: <laughs> you you do it really well. I guess it was it really was you. Yeah, uh, it was me. Yep. The, the um the funny thing about uh it's interesting to hear what people bring up when they talk about you know starting a company tribe is 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 the the name. Uh, of the business do you get do you get uncomfortable when people look at certain metrics say for instance the amount of employees you have or the size Mm. of the space or the money you've raised
2: Um, I'll look to be honest it's I mean where do you start as I say to Tommy often, I mean, it's a it's a real frightening experience. You yeah. know, like I, I open the kimono often. Like I was at a HubSpot event yesterday talking and everyone's like, you know, congratulations. And I'm like, man, we're in survival mode. No <laughs> yeah. matter how good it goes in a startup world, you're in a survival mode and it can just, you know, there's not much margin for error. And we, I actually think we're doing everything right. And it's really intense. Mm. It's like a pressure cooker. So you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, we, we – Everyone picks at one edge of it. Mm. So VCs will pick at certain things. um, The media will pick at others. um, And, like, I'm pretty clear on my vision, but I'm never really comfortable with where we're at. So I feel vulnerable. You Mm. know, you have a huge sense of doubt, um, you know, at every sort of stage. um, And it's, it's really, I mean, I've learnt a lot and I've grown a lot. Like it's completely transformed everything in between my years over the last three years. I've had to mature a lot. I mean, like you guys knew. Like I have genuinely changed so much because like I used to think I'd work hard, you know, in radio, but it was all just shock value. It was all attention seeking. Whereas the, that quality is so destructive in a company. Yeah. Like I can't. <laughs> shock value at what point yeah. like i'll just be sued yeah <laughs> like you know like and and as a leader you, you realize wow like you go oh this would be great i'm i'm leaving the 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 pressure of nine to five and then you go oh this is 24 yeah. 7 and then you go oh, i don't have to work for the man the boss and then you work for 60 yeah because every one of your employees you you're responsible for mm. and you know what how the mood you're in how you articulate things Um, And as you guys know, I've never been a great leader like that because I'm so task-orientated and I've got OCD that I can, you know, I've had to unpick so much of my horrendous management skills, um, which is, you know, has been the biggest part of this journey, which Mm. is being so aware of um, my influence. And when you're a part of a business, if you don't get it right, you Mm. can't just sort of hump you know, half and half. As, as
1: a leader, are you shielding your employees nah. from any of this stuff? Nah, tell them.
0: Well, because but the thing is, because if you if you shield them, then like. <laughs> It, I, I've seen it within businesses where if, like, if people don't have a sense of the success and the metro and mm. sales, like if people don't know mm. that like, oh, if we don't get enough sales, yeah. we're not going to be a business for much longer. Like bringing that stuff forward, mm. yeah. do you have dashboards and shit? Yeah, yeah. Show, yeah.
2: yeah, that's all up there on the. I mean, we're incredibly transparent. Like Adam Ferrier, you know yeah. Adam who's a consumer psychologist, great author and he's got Thinkabel, which is you know, one of the leading creative agencies. In the country but he um he's on our board and when he first came in here he just couldn't believe it we'd all be sitting around he'd come to one of our sessions and um you know we'd have 25 30 staff and he'd be sitting there and me and Ant our CEO would just be sitting there and just going this is where we're struggling and this and we would literally tell him every step of the journey and he just couldn't believe um that we were being so open and honest and I think in the startup world, that's a real positive thing because everyone knows the impact. And, and I tell people it's fragile. Yeah. Like, you know, I go, guys, this is the journey. Like it could stop at any point, give it your best. And I, um, yeah, I think I think that's a... I think that's a, a more valuable process to go through because I want I want all of those people to understand how businesses work. I don't want them to just go. I know how to be a graphic designer, and I I want everyone to be exposed to different departments because my view is I'd love them to go out there and start their own business or grow or scare themselves. And what great value to be exposed to to the inner workings.
0: Yeah, is that do you have like a you know people talk about runways and shit like that? Like how how can you how do you measure how worried to be on a given day? Well, you,
2: yeah, your runway, yeah, yeah, when you're running out of money. And
0: is it sick? Like in this sort of business, is it six months? Is it twelve months? Is it? We well, you know we can pay salaries for eighteen yeah. months. Yeah,
2: it's like twelve months, you yeah. know. Like, um, but it's a it's a sickening feeling because um, you have it's it's this it's this strange conundrum where um, how's the best way to explain it so you raise money by saying we're gonna hit these targets by this time and mm-hmm. they go that's awesome well if you're gonna hit those targets we're gonna give you money <laughs> then you take the money and then you go right we're gonna hit those targets and you start to work towards those targets but then you start to realize hang on a sec where um, uh, it's we're not we're not Either meeting them or we're not um, exceeding them.
0: Or the focus can be wrong too. Like the thing, it's that classic thing of. And this happens within relationships too. With Bree, like I was at one at one point. I'm like, let's. He views his relationship let's, as a startup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> let's. let's how, how much longer you got? <laughs> exactly. I've got a run right? runway of probably three months. No, but it's it's that thing of I'll say, I think we should pack everything up. We don't need a, a house. We don't need. Let's fucking go nomad. Let's do all that sort yeah. of thing. And then it's probably Bree invests in this idea, and then six months time. I've worked out some other thing. I'm like, actually, I think a house could be good, but maybe it should be an investment property. Is it a little bit of that vibe? Do you sort of... No. No. No, only because we've...
2: I'm so clear on the vision of this Mm -hmm. that we haven't... The the app and the model that I designed before we even got Tommy Jacket to film some screen grabs on an iPhone to make it look like an app for the first round of investment has not changed. Mm -hmm. I'm so clear on it. And I don't care about all the distraction. I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. I'm so convinced that what I'm working towards... The trick is when you don't reach those targets, right, you go, right, no worries, we have to grow more and work harder, which costs more money. And Mm -hmm. so now you're racing faster towards the edge of a cliff, but you have to to be able to get a launch pad to say, we've hit those targets. So next time you go out to raise money, they say... We raised this money because we said we're going to do it. Guess what? We did it. Now we want this amount of money because now we're going to go here, and so it's it's a really um, interesting um, uh, strategy there because you can't slow down; you have to speed up. Yeah. Mm. And so that that gives me that gives me sleepless nights.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are, and I've even asked you this: What's it valued at now, the company? And not that you have to answer yeah. it, but. I've seen you kind of like, oh, it's like you don't even want to go there because you're focusing on getting ahead. Yeah. You know that 12 month period, and you've seen how volatile the startup world is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like there's, I mean, it's really, it's really fragile. And you know, you're not like I was speaking to a a friend this morning who's, you know, building a a, a marketplace, and you know, I was. I don't know if I would have chosen it had I known ha- the day to day. I yeah. mean, I get, I, because it's a very different business. So like, I can be passionate about content and I want to change the face of advertising, but I'm in the business world. Yeah. And I wasn't yeah. born necessarily for that. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time doing raising and having conversations that isn't actually my um, superpower. So it's sort of, you know, there's three parts to it. There is the vision, the strategy, and what you're building. And I'm really excited by that. And I love doing that and how you communicate that. That's me. Second one is operationally, how you build the teams. And then, you know, you'll, you'll train people and they'll be awesome. And then they'll want to move on to their next adventure. And then you have to replace them. And so you get to get the culture right. So that's the second pillar. And the third pillar is just the fuel. Like it's all of the funding, so you've got to raise capital, and sometimes they can be out of balance. But you know, I wanted the first one, but yet you yeah. can't get to it unless you you get all these other the things right. And
1: um, and so if you're looking at where you are now, and I, I know you said that to me the other week. If if I, if I knew it was going to be this hard, maybe I wouldn't have. Well, I think put my I.
2: In. I think I would have. I just, you know, I just feel tortured by the sacrifice. But and if I, you look back on yeah.
1: Getaway and the radio yeah. and all of those things, do you think? Is there a similarity in the early days? <laughs> your your
0: your memoir could be just entitled "Tortured," <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. self-tortured. But because of, but that's part of the journey, like you probably wouldn't have it any other way. You're just moving from yeah. different versions of torture, which is actually yeah. where you get off, where you get excited. I must
2: because I, no matter what I do, I find the tension. Hmm. Like I just put myself on the other side of the comfort circle. The comfort zone, and I just, I just exist in this sense. It's so strange. It's so fucked up.
1: Did it start somewhere as a conscious thing to go? I'm going to put my hand up first, or I'm going to yeah, be at the first. No, I think line. it was
2: Jim Stein's fault. Because <laughs> you know, Jimbo as a mentor was always like, you can be better than this. You can do more, and he'd sort of push me out of my comfort zone, and he'd go, you know, enough times where I go, wow, I actually can do that, and he'd say, yeah, and then I'd be comfortable that you know, that breadth. So, you know, you step out your comfort zone, do it enough times and then you're comfortable doing it, which means the circle grows. Mm. And so it was always that stepping out and I just continue to do it. And I think I'm an opportunist. I get excited. I have an idea like you guys, mm. you know, packing up your house and living like a nomad. Yeah. We, we get off, we get intoxicated and the, the feeling of excitement and, you know, those thoughts in your brain where you go, that's an amazing thought. And I can do that. Like I have the gifts or the talents to actually make that happen. And I'm excited by that. Once you see that, Mm -hmm. it takes a very disciplined person to say no. Mm -hmm. And because you're so – it just drags you in. Um, And that's happened all through my life. Like I was like – you know, I was doing – graphic design and then I was like life coach that looks awesome and then I did that for a while Then I was like I travel overseas and when I was traveling I saw Jerry Springer, Ricky Lake and all those guys doing TV and I was like ah that looks fun and then I did that for 10 years and I was like radio looks fun I'll do that and then in radio I was like yeah maybe I'll create an app and you just that I just follow I, f- I just follow
0: the things that tickle my fancy. Well, like
1: you had that idea while you're doing radio because exactly yeah.
0: Do, <laughs> yeah. Is it long-term thinking?
2: Yes, because um, it takes a long time to reach what I want to do in it. So it is like, it's not like oh, I reckon I could do that. Cause every goal is so ambitious that it takes me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. So it, it is long term thinking yeah
0: and i guess the other interesting thing is with say getaway with the radio you're getting the rewards then and there you get a, a nice salary yeah. you get to do and the lifestyle yeah. is, is great this is a interesting one because what mm. you're sort of describing is the lifestyle is a little bit fucked the 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 monetary reward isn't necessarily there yeah. so it's you've got to have a long term yeah it's like an all things. or nothing
2: yeah like you 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 literally it is. You are banking up three or four or five years, and you either get something massive or nothing.
0: Mm. Like genuinely, like how, the, how will you feel with if you get nothing? Um, I
2: think um, a couple of things. I'd be pissed because um, I'd be pissed because if I get some money, I, I've bought myself some rest and actually quality of life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, which I feel like I deserve. Uh, And I don't need a lot of money, but I just, I would be pissed if I was like, oh shit, I've got less money now than when I started. So, and then I'd go, I've got to now get back up and dust myself off quicker. Whereas if I do okay, um, I've bought myself some freedom, right? So um, I will have been transformed as a human and, and, and I actually, strangely enough, even though I've um, had to sacrifice a lot of time as a, a father and a husband and a friend and a son and a brother, um, I actually think I'm a better husband, father, brother, son because of um, what this process has taught me. And, you know, as I've always said, it's not what you you get from it, it's who you become. And I'd be, I'm already very happy of who I've become. But the problem is I've learned so much. I've got such a great education. But the best thing that I could do with all of that learning is fucking never use it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if it succeeded, <laughs> I'm going to throw my phone in a lake. I'm going to have a bit of coin. I'm going to do some passion projects. And I'm going to be busy as hell, but doing stuff with no pressure. And I reckon that that would be awesome. And so that's what I'm banking on. That's what what, what I'm aiming for. I'd love to live in North Bondi around the sunshine. And I'd love to live a really good life. And I'd love to travel a lot each year. And could you have
0: not have done that with uh, the sort of coin you made at in Radio? I
2: would have been close. Um, I, I, I would have been uh, – I probably couldn't have bought property necessarily in Bondi. But, I,
0: yeah, yeah, I could have been close. Because um, I wonder if it's the that old case of you, you're never going to arrive. Yeah, I ask that question
2: a lot to myself um, – I think I'm at the age – I don't know. I, I think I could manage it. I, when I started it, I thought, nah, I'd probably back it up with something else. But I don't know. I mean, Haim – I remember Haim uh, – Hamish Blake, who was on your 100th episode. Um, he uh, he talks about that as the greatest radio experience of his life, by the way.
1: That's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: most people Perfect. do when they come on the show. Yeah, yeah it's – um, <laughs> this is my least favorite <laughs> because I'm talking about work at work. It's great. <laughs> next time you come around here, can we just have beers and talk shit? Anyway, <laughs> um, he he, I remember, and you know, he's always uh, uh, wise beyond his years. But he was only about fucking eighteen, nineteen, and and he remembered this story that he rolled out to me at his house in Sydney, and it was like, uh, I might get this wrong, but it was like a shoe shiner, and the businessman was getting his shoes shined. And he said, the shoe shiner, you know. Um, you know, what are you doing for the rest of the afternoon? And the guy goes, oh, I'm going to lie on the beach, just relax, enjoy life. And uh, the businessman was like, man, you've got to work hard. And the shoeshiner's, is why? Well, you work hard, you save some money. If you can save some money, you can start to buy some other kits. Then you can hire some younger people. If you hire some younger people, then you build up a bit of a business, yeah. you know. And then all of a sudden one day you just, you know, you're able to just – and the shoeshiner goes, what? Sit on the beach, relax in the sun all day? And the businessman <laughs> goes – yeah. yeah. What do you think I'm about to do?
1: <laughs> well, Hamish said on our show, I know you listen, so I'm just repeating it for you, Jules, right. um, that he's, this is the year for him to do not much. Yeah. And I don't know to. how I don't know how you'd go doing not much because uh, you're a busy
2: I, dude. No, but but that's where I have the fail safe. As I said, I'm going to be very busy. See, I'm going to be very busy. That's what I've got to do. I'll go mad. But it's, there's, there's being busy and there's being stressed. Mm -hmm. See, for instance, if I was doing photo books, you know, of all of our adventures, if I was um, going on photo traveling trips, you know, if I was doing artwork, if I was um, mentoring younger people, if I was doing guest spots, that's being really busy, but none of that is stressful you know, I would really enjoy that. And there would be expressions. I'd read a lot of books. I would try to get balance. I'd probably learn how to do Photoshop and and Final Cut Pro. And so I would definitely fill it with all those things, but I'd go at my own pace. And at the moment, I don't own my own time because I've chosen this ridiculous, ambitious mm. project.
1: Do you get sucked into the uh, – it almost becomes the drug, the stress, the driver for you? Yeah, well, that's a question. Like I would definitely
2: have to – Be conscious of that. Yeah, yeah. But there would be no, like I would start to do the photo books and go, I reckon I could do an app for this. Like this, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm frustrated. I reckon there's an easy way, and then before you know it, like, like even just today, I was thinking, man, if I wasn't doing this, I reckon I'd be out there creating swivels for TVs. Now that IGTV has just launched, Instagram TV, oh, yeah. I said, there's, you know, there's going to be so much content vertical. I said the TVs in the house are going to want to swivel. Oh, I see, I,
1: yeah, I get it. If you,
2: yeah, if you if you get onto that early, you would be. You'd I un- could imagine you
0: like you pivoting to that. Hey, it's Mr. Swivel. G'day, here. guys, <laughs> swiveling jewels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> um, we had Jeff Jowett on who grew his company body trim to $35 million rev per year Amazing. and then lost it all. And he said, but one of the things he said was, God, six, he's, he's, he's drug addict uh, was, Sex addiction. Sex addiction. He told Alcohol. you all this? or yeah, he it's just, all on the podcast. No, he told us all this. All- he's done a full U-turn. And he's broke, and he has no money in his bank oh account. But he's God. happy. But and yeah, he's doing. And I don't
2: blame him. He would have a ball. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Are but you but saying no. he had a <laughs> sex addiction? No, my point being on he, drugs with heaps of cash. <laughs> he, he said
1: did. success came easy to me when I was young, and yeah. you could look at your success. You got on what age would you get on Getaway? Ah, 20,
0: uh,
1: twenty-two, 23. and I mean it's, it's so young. Do you think stuff came easy to you? Do you think success – do you think you were around success quite early and did it come easy too, do you think? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I attracted it. It was amazing. Like it was mind-blowing. There was a period there in my life where it was like I I couldn't believe it. Like I could not believe it. Do you think
0: you're a bit manic-depressive? I know I am. Oh, yeah. Um, Without question – um, completely
2: manic but I, I remember at that period like even even in the the height of even at the height of um adventure I remember being so depressed my serotonin levels like I did I was doing two travel shows at, at one stage I think I did a, I did like 120 days of shooting in like every continent on the planet with eight days off. So I was like, I'd be in the Luxor in Egypt um, in a hot air balloon. Two days later, I'm hosting the Red Carpet Logies. And then three days later, I'm in a, a shark cage in Cape Town, Africa. And then I'd be off. And I just traveled around the world doing that stuff. And I remember at the end of it, I was, I was so depressed, mm. insecure, could remember half of it. It was, it was mad. But p- back to that. That early days of success, I think, yeah, I just, there was a universe thing that was happening and it was, it was, it was uncanny. But the good thing is, it was contagious too. Mm. Because I was doing that, I, I obviously had got into a universal zone or something of belief around reach that it, it, it had, there was a group of us that were, were able to genuinely say, why not? And so it was really cool to see, see what happened off the back of that.
1: Well, half the people who were in the radio industry, TV, you either grew up with them or best friends with them. Do you think? Have you had that conversation around Hamish and Whipper and all those dudes going? How the fuck did we all do this? Well,
2: I think we just looked at each other, and went easy, and why can't I? <laughs> no, but yeah. it was, and it was, it was, it was belief, and it was unreal, and also, you know. There's plenty of talented, you know. You go out to pubs and you'll be sitting with someone laughing your head off, and there's plenty of talented people out there. It's just honestly, we just somehow, I won a comp, got the foot in the door. Um, everyone was talented doing their own thing, ambitious, like you guys are doing all the exact same thing. And it just, you know, at that time in, in the industry, it just, they needed a, a whole wave of um, young blood. And then those guys trigger other people and it's been awesome. It's great to sort of see that, um, that big posse in traditional media.
0: How do you hire people? How do you work out what a – because I guess there's a big difference between what you are in regards to doing your own thing versus if, if you might not necessarily make a great employee. So how do you work out what sort of people to bring into Tribe? Um.
1: As he looks out to his employees,
2: yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have to do a lot of the
0: hiring. Mm. Um, Is it some of those those belief sort of systems that you have, or this this idea of you know th- those things that you attribute to your success when you were younger? Are there things that you can actually bring into this team? Are there active yeah. things that you bring in from Reach?
2: Yeah, um, not not nearly enough. Like I sometimes. I feel pretty guilty that there is not enough ha- heart in, in the business because we're so frantic. But I always believed that I would have a, a company with a bit more depth, and you know, I, I'm, I, I don't feel like I've brought enough of that here. Luckily, they all love each other and they're investing in each other. But I reckon I could help influence a bit more of that. Um, but um, you know, I think, I think, I think there is certain qualities that they see me express. Um, that I think has a – well, what they tell me is that it has a good influence over their perspective of the world. So the first one being, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like they understand that all of the growth, all of the gold dust in life comes from discomfort, you know, everything from looking opposite, you know, your partner and, and for the first time telling – them you love them you know that's that's really vulnerable and uncomfortable but that's the only way forward and so and that that's for me having said that as I said to you before there's a lot of tension in that but I I love when my team I say to my team, right, what's your challenge for the next couple of months? Because personal growth is such a big part of this company. Like, we've got people that are moving on to other um, other opportunities and we just cheer them because as long as they're scaring themselves, we're sad to see them leave. But, you know, for people to come through here for a couple of years um, and then go and do something overseas or start their own business is really satisfying. And so, um, yeah, I, I love it when they – when I say, What's your challenge? And they say, And I, you know, often I'll say to some of the young guys, I want to see you on stage in front of 200 people. I want you to do this presentation on there and I want you to be yourself and, and do what Jim did to me, which is just push myself a little bit, give you, give you, give you the, the belief, the faith that you can't fuck up and, and the opportunity alone will, will help you develop into a better person. And so those things are good.
0: It, there seems to be a bit of a shift in the sense of maybe it's gone from, you can't fuck up to, you will fuck up and that's okay. Mm. Do you think that, is that sort of a, a shift that you're seeing or is that always, be, is the whole fail fast thing, is this nothing I don't know. new? No, I was
2: talking about this yesterday at this event, the fail fast. I mean, you guys know me. I, I don't, I don't, not only do I not want to fail, but I don't want anyone around me to fail. Like, I mm. fucking hate it. My ego, you know, I, I have a standard of what I want and I don't care if anyone's watching it or not. Like, I want it to be good. I think if, if, if you don't do it good, what's the point in doing it? I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to reconcile where I sit within that fail fast because we push hard, but I like to be considered. Mm. Like, I like to think things through rather than just throwing ourselves out there. I suppose maybe there's levels of it, but, you know, you, you know like I said to the team, we do this EDM, this email to all the content creators, in Australia and the UK and I just said to the, the sales directors in both those markets you know impressive young women I'm like man you got to just talk into a camera and send that like mm-hmm. don't do all this design just tell them you are so yeah. amazing and enthralling they would love access to someone as you know a, a, such positive role models like you two women so they're doing that and they're just talking to the camera now you you know me if I a few years ago I would have been too shaky to this to that mm-hmm. and whatever yeah. and I just look at a note and go, look at that. That is amazing. That's brilliant. You know, we can polish it up in different ways, but, you know, give them no, no, they don't have to hit any benchmarks. Do your best, put it out there. And um, because I now know that that's the growth for them. And also, that's my own personal growth, which is let's just get shit done. So um, I don't want them to fail in doing that. Um, but my um, idea of what failure was has definitely relaxed. What was it?
1: What was the thought
2: of failure for you? Well,
1: you got – I mean,
2: like micromanaging – and I still do it. But, you know, micromanaging things to, you know, dotting the I, crossing the T and just being – like it's its not a – I have a different standard and I whip myself if I don't reach it. So, you know, I feel, feel for the people that are around me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: you're pretty hard on yourself. When we went up to Sydney – a couple of months ago. It was so interesting seeing you talk about what you're about to do, which was a talk in front of a bunch of people. And, oh, I haven't looked – I'm not over the script. And you nailed it. And I saw how hard on yourself you were. And I was just like, that's a fucking joke. You aren't seeing what is reality. And I guess yeah. maybe
2: it maybe keeps you to a stand and allows you to go out and do that. I, to be honest, I nailed it because of that. Well, yeah? that's my belief. So – so, but ironically the way to trick me is to go right you're not allowed to do any prep and go up there and see how you go and in times of that like i've nailed those two so but I don't feel confident which is i don't trigger that the magic in me unless i feel um, i feel prepared and so the preparation is where I sap all my
0: energy but the interesting thing about preparation like if you use the analogy of skateboarding it's like uh, if we know that you, if you're going to do difficult tricks, I should. I'm the least fucking. Per- like I shouldn't be talking about skateboard. Uh, it's the only time I've been on a skateboard. <laughs> but anyway, skate using the skateboarding analogy as if I was to skateboard. Uh, if you if you have had the if you know what it feels like to fall and you can accept yeah. that, yeah, then all of a sudden you can go hard on the trick, knowing. That falling isn't actually going to be the worst thing ever, mm. and so it's almost having that acceptance. I mean, I, f- I would find it interesting to get your take on, you know, entering the startup world, the technology world. This idea of minimum viable product because it's probably everything that you're against mm. in regards to sort of that mm. perfectionism, fast, yeah. you know, perfectionism and stuff like that. You know, do you do you believe in the MVP? Do you do it here?
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it kills me. Mm. It's just so against my grain, and it is the constant disgust
0: <laughs> I fucking hate it well the thing i think that it's the well what i've begun to learn or understand is that there's multiple realities and multiple truths so the idea that what we think is good is different to another person it's like when we think we have a shit episode of the podcast we'll have someone write in yeah, saying how they're really connected with it and so is that Lynn? <laughs> exactly. Mum's never written in, actually. I don't think she's uh, – she doesn't know the password on her iPad because <laughs> that's my fault. <laughs> but um, that's her own mistake. But the um, – yeah, it's 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 interesting because it's a good way. It's the best way to test assumptions. If you have everything perfect, out, how are you ever going to test your assumptions on something? Yeah, it's – it's from the outset,
2: it is Broken and like if ever there was something that was going to test my pursuit of perfection, yeah. it's MVP. Yeah, <laughs> because I just <laughs> I just have to accept where we're at, not where I want us to be. Mm-hmm. I cannot will it any faster. Yeah, technology is like it is so slow it's impressive but you know all you see on the outset is a few buttons (laughs) etc but these poor (laughs) bastards have you seen their screens yeah like I've, i've got you know 15 developers out there black screens with little writing like the amount of code like our app must be like if you were to print it on mm.
0: on paper, don't <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do every every Monday checking exactly. the code, print it out. Yeah, I told just you going, I'm a through code, <laughs> going through the code, going through the code. And then, but if we're you were a-
2: to do like the the amount of effort, and that's that's a reality.
0: Like so, I yeah, I can't.
2: Yeah, it's really full on. What about
0: looking back at old work? Do you look at stuff that you did and thought at the time this is the the bomb, this is amazing? You look back and say this is shit. No no.
2: Often when I look back, I see it objectively as an audience member mm. and I go,
0: that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas at the time. Yeah. And nothing's changed the thing is that nothing has changed I just got, within the content, yeah, just your reality. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just was able to step back. I, just, yeah. I could see the wood from the trees. Um Yeah. No, it's I mean, yeah, there's stuff I go, that's amateur, like that's mm. early on. But um, I'm pretty forgiving of that. And to be honest, I don't have time to look back.
0: <laughs> like, I, I mean... You I, mean you're not watching the getaway show <laughs> sort of. You don't I, do a Donald Trump, you don't go back. I would hate to-,
2: to see how fit I was. And I remember at the time I was probably sucking my gut in feeling fat, but I, I'd swap that body.
1: How do you... Um, you, how, you know, you are hard on yourself. Do you know that you're hard on yourself? Yeah. But I'm hard on everyone. I know. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm not very pleasant like that.
1: It's funny the stress stuff. I know you've you've encouraged me to get in these stressful moments mm. and it definitely does work. Yeah.
0: Like getting the comfortable getting comfortable in that stress. Yeah. Well, you can um, get inspired through anger and frustration and like that's a technique. It's probably not necessarily one that you want to What
2: what I struggle with most and you guys will appreciate is that um, a good leader lights a fire within his team a good manager lights a fire under them yeah and you, and you know you light
0: me. the whole building on fire <laughs> yeah. i'm burning this motherfucker down
2: <laughs> so I, I i really struggle there like i think that's like i can inspire people but it feels so much more effective if I put a rocket under them. You know, like, I, but yet it doesn't work. Like, it's, mm. I'm too, I'm not disciplined or measured enough to be able to give them this, you know, and within reason. I'm being hard on myself here. But when there's pressure, I just revert to, do it like this. Let's get it done. You know, as opposed to in those moments of pressure. In when there's no moments of pressure, I can inspire people and I can talk from the front. But the rest of the time, I you know, I feel like when they when it's happening, I don't have the discipline to just go have faith. It's going to be okay. Instead, I'm like I'm the, the guy at the back with the machine gun over people's heads. <laughs> move.
0: Why were not you? Um. Why did you decide to hire a CEO? Because I couldn't do it. You know, I, I've I, seen what Ant does, and I know you couldn't do oh it. Oh my god! Does he, have, does he have to pick up things from high places? Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. He's seven foot eight. But um, <laughs> no, I just look. You know, when I started this, I was thirty four, thirty five. Like I'm no, I knew, I knew. It, look, it took me all. All your life, you know what your strengths are, right? Because you've sort of drawn to those, and you work your ass off, but. It was it was very apparent to me with a, a mature conversation with myself that I had to acknowledge my weaknesses and my weaknesses were I didn't know anything about business, you know I had no I didn't have a business brain I, I had no idea and if I was to get this thing off the ground I needed someone far smarter and and more experienced than me so and to be honest that's been the the biggest gift of the the process you know working with Ant and the partnership that we have. We are so similar and so different, and but yet we're so uh, close and we call each other on our shit. We pick each other up when we What's we're your down. shit? Um, most of what I've just um, <laughs> laid out in this therapy session. Um, no, yeah, I mean the same shit. It's like um, impatience, wanting things to be right, um, wanting to be – Having moments of creative, wanting more space for creativity, but really being stuck in the business side of
1: things. Um, How's the, having that relationship, how do you approach it? Have you struggled with what trying forces to connect you to with ants? Yeah.
2: What, what's that? Say that again. Have you, the relationship you've formed with
1: yeah. Anth, how have you approached that? Has it been. Painful at times. How, how do you make a successful relationship? Because oh, I think it is now. Honest. a successful. Oh, like, um, no
2: ego. So you just got – you can't fucking have any ego. None of it. Like, literally. Like, we – you know, he smashed me in San Fran about 10 days ago and I deserved it. A few days later, I smashed him and <laughs> you just – Stop thinking.
0: <laughs> what are you no, it's just like I just love that. It's just like yeah. We just a gave a, no. Yeah. You just have a blowout every like yeah, a just, just blow tough up, just every, punching up. Yeah, no, no, just bay. Absolute. Just just is there is there like it seems extreme? There's an extreme element to it, right? Well, because like, we're under pressure yeah. and those
2: sort of things, and we're traveling. You know, we've spent half the year together mm. um, traveling out of you know, like so we spent a lot. We've spent a lot of time together, and so you know, you start to. When you, you know you spend a lot of time, you hear each other's patterns, and you know you,
0: you just you're get, all triggered by all this. Yeah, you know, it's
2: amplified. Yeah, I suppose it's just amplified. As simple as that. And um, but we just gave each other really good feedback on stuff we both needed to hear, mm-hmm. and we both thank each other. Even though you feel like you're cut into bits and you're deflated, and the last thing you can afford to lose is confidence, and yet the other person is there saying, "Come on!" and and it's really you've got to be really mature and yeah. that's so new for me. So in terms of what my shit is with Ant, Anne, Ant's like, mate, you can't say that or you can't be like that or you can't – you know, like I'm uh, – like three years ago compared to who I am now, Ant thinks I'm pretty loose and I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea. Like there is like 5% left. Yeah, I know, miss that guy. That is fun, <laughs> yeah. right? But, you know, three or four years ago, he, he, he him and I wouldn't even – have a conversation together. Like he would be frightened by a person like me. And to be honest, inappropriate and 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 not um to be honest, really just immature, like just not cool. Has not your
1: cool. emotional intelligence grown? Do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Um absolutely empathy,
2: um uh tolerance, um uh but mostly the conversations with myself you know like it's you know like having empathy for my own you know like you know you can be really like as i was saying before you be really hard on yourself um like all of us you know we can always be really hard on ourselves. but in this process mate just doing your best is pretty bloody good you know you gotta every now and then you just gotta go you know you can obsess over that for the next couple of days how about you don't and that's that's Been hard to do. Mm. And do you think
1: the the jobs you were in, radio and TV, that they didn't allow you to, or they didn't push you to have to work on that emotional intelligence? They
2: rewarded you for being a fuckwit.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah. Oh, except for
2: TV, but radio was just mad. Like, don't forget, like, radio was all about drama and shock and things going wrong and tension and all this weird stuff. It it was almost like you were just looking for um, uh, drama in everything, like you know. It's a
0: friction. It's there's a friction to it. That, uh, but that's the thing. I think that the interesting thing with you, Jules, is there's you 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 play in light and darkness. So you're the uh, the ultimate friend and the biggest bully all hmm. at the same time. I think that that's a really interesting sort of, and that's and I think that you know our relationship when we were working together versus after the fact it's mm. one of those ones where it's like you can cut people down but at the same time you're the first person to give the best reference in the mm. in the world i think that it's i think that it's all of this stuff isn't black and white like it's i don't think you can say it's good or bad it's a it's a perspective type of thing um i think it it's
2: it, what it comes down to is usually um um pressure. Mm. So I'm at my worst under pressure. I'm at my best when there's no pressure. Yeah. And so, you know, like I am a bully when there's pressure. Yeah. You know, like I, I need I
0: yeah, it's that we fought on the London subway about what Did candid you? meant. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and who won? <laughs> well I think that Jules had a great point I was taking candid style photos but I was asking him to smile and he said well if you want them to fucking be candid I'm not in a good mood so I yeah. don't want to smile I said how about we do the style of candid but you fucking smile
2: <laughs> and I said do you want that long lens up your ass or down your
0: throat they weren't candid photos yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Jules not wanting to smile that's candid yeah it's the I mean that's the it's the pressure and it was the you're, you put the pressure on yourself and you put it on the others ar- around you yeah. i mean it's unhealthy isn't it you know it's it's quite toxic which w- funnily enough it works better when you're the
2: boss you know yeah. because um there's less resistance in a strange way mm-hmm. like um you but know there's
0: I, also the power there so you're respectful of the pa- because you are the boss yeah you also realize that you can say these things and it's where we were playing in this interesting game where it's like I had four different bosses, so I had yeah, and, and
2: I wasn't one of them. Yeah, <laughs> but yet I was the biggest. So th- th- that's a, it's actually a really good point. Like when I was, when I was, like I would drive you like a boss, but yet from your perspective, I wasn't your line manager. Yeah, and so. It was um, doomed to begin with. but
0: um, And same with Blake, who was before you and then but Oscar. You hired and- – so this was the weirdness of it. And this is what like – the thing that I learnt through all of this is you can't have multiple – multiple managers just is is doomed. Like what I find, if I have a single person that I know that as long as they're happy, it's all good, then it's very easy for me yeah, to yeah. understand. So when I was working in Varto – the best times was when I was reporting into the CEO because I could, I knew that if I had an idea, I could come to him. No one was gonna, no middle manager was gonna fuck it up and and undersell it and all that sort of thing. And I could answer all the questions in regards to here's a return on investment. And yeah, it was definitely during radio at the beginning. It sort of they saw content and digital as these two separate entities, and they had two different bosses. And it was, yeah. um, but at the same time, they knew that you loved video, you loved digital, you were doing all of this stuff, but you were trying to do it in a way that wasn't the status quo. Um, within radio, at the beginning, it was about okay, let's let's re let's uh, reinterpret what's already out there online in regards to celebrity news and, and write about that. And what I loved about what Jules was doing and what I you know what we were aligned on was creating original content that was personality driven that was story driven and uh, it's taken it's been amazing seeing how long it takes for companies to come around
2: yeah well what what was interesting is that (coughs) which is what we discovered was that digital wasn't there to support radio the digital was its own channel and that you had to treat those that were engaging with your brand in digital as if they weren't radio listeners. Yeah. And yet no one could even comprehend that. We're saying, no, these this is a different audience. This isn't the same audience. This is a different audience that may never have heard the radio show and that's how we're going to talk to them. And so we were able to create brands online that weren't wasn't dependent Um and was able to, you know, because everything up until that point was dependent on them being listeners. You know, here's, you know, tune in at 4 o'clock today. We're doing this phoner. Have you got any examples?
0: Yeah, call up.
2: You know, or it was like, hey, you know, jump onto our Facebook and see the chewing gum in Fifi's hair well, that we're tease. talking about. It
0: was the tease. It was the, the hilarious thing that I learned was that uh, it was a great lesson. I remember we, were, we did a video and we're like, oh, let's create a little tease video for it. And someone on Facebook said, "Just tell us when the video's up." Yeah, it's a and yeah, it's a classic example of in radio. You know, you tease to something. Yeah. it's the exact same thing, and it's the same thing that you're doing with uh, Tribe and everything like that. It's like be native to the fucking yeah, platform, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and mm. and realize that it's not about pushing. You know, radio was the ultimate push to somewhere else. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. The arbitrage. I
2: was trying to keep you in there, you know? Yeah. It's trying to keep you on that channel.
1: Time spent listening. Yeah. I, that, that, someone hooked for a new story coming up and I pulled over and Googled it. <laughs> 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 I literally did that just because I was like, I don't want to wait 15 minutes to hear what you're about to say about. That's amazing. And I pulled over and. Fuck. That's amazing. That is actually a really. Er- so why? So why not? Any time that you have a connection, deliver something that's worth.
2: Yeah, I just thought if you're going to tap them on the shoulder, especially in social. Yeah. Like if you're going to tap them on the shoulder and you're going to get their attention, satisfy them. Mm-hmm. Like beginning, middle, and end. Give them what they need. Then, you know, there's no, there's no, after the break in mm. social.
0: What happens with the this idea that, um, honesty, right? So around honesty. I feel like within the the um, different industries, there's people get upset when you tell the truth. When you say like, "Hey, this is what we actually think." Like, how going from a different industry and doing transitioning? How have you reconciled? Honesty. How do, how do you know when to speak what you believe to be true and when you just should shut up because you're going to rock a few boats or upset uh, a few people?
2: I don't think you can comment on any issues. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't have the courage to <laughs> these days. But it's not the game you're in. I no, don't think- not now. But, I, you know, as a, as a white middle-aged bloke, it is dangerous. Mm. You just can't. You just literally can't do it like it's frightening which is, you know we've had it pretty good for a long time so I think we deserve to cop it and be be vulnerable Uh, I'm totally fine with that but I I, you know it's a frightening it's a frightening prospect but um, in my business I've never been more honest and I actually in my industry I really enjoy it I, I get to like if I was in radio, I'd have a, I think a tough time because most of the stuff we're pumping up, right? Because you're mm. trying to sensationalize it to engage. Like it has to be a certain thing; otherwise, it'd just be pretty. Like it'd be a bit. It wouldn't. Like you have to be larger than life. That's what yeah. I'm saying. None of it's lies, but you definitely have to. Um, you, you have to inflate some things. Who is- does
0: that? But who who is forcing that? That's what I've been trying to work out lately. So with the daily talk show, it's. You know, are we eventually going to get to a point where people will, you know, say if smart car, you know, with smarter cars, four G connectivity, being able to listen to the po- a podcast at the exact same experience that you would get on radio, potentially listen to us live. You know, at the, the end of the day, it's the audio medium, so it's really interesting that we create all of these boundaries around what radio oh, should radio be.
2: Radio, so um, there's so much breadth left in radio yeah. and yet it every every show sounds quite similar except yeah. for a couple of themes um you know they they fit th- when I went in there I was like right let's you know broaden it out and I mean heyman Andy brought it out even more but but still it's like, it's it's so similar, right? Yeah. Yet you could do do something completely different. And then on the other end of the spectrum, every podcast sort of sounds the same, yeah, because it's a conversation. So yeah, it's a it's a really good question. Do I think you ever have to sensationalize stuff to engage people? Absolutely not. You know, you know they wouldn't tune in. You don't move there. It's just that people are in their car for ten five. Minutes 15, and you need to set off some fireworks. Well, if I feel. you look
1: at the radio industry as a business, now that you're a business owner, like Josh and I think about the overheads of a station, oh, yeah, to keep yeah. these things afloat. My god, yeah, it's a good point. Not like your shit
0: equipment, yeah, well, but, but it, <laughs> the, the, where did you get
2: this on friggin'? Alibaba. Well, the,
0: the amazing thing, what I love about this is that you uh, made it. <laughs> this, this is actually what uh, I'm teasing. This is what Marshy uses yeah. to record Hamish and Andy when they're out and about, right? Great. And so the 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 idea that uh, there's all of these extra expenses, like yeah, yeah. Uh, we so Tommy and uh, my new business is called Big Media Company. I haven't even told you about this stuff, have uh, yeah,
1: I, uh, no. I, should have consulted with you, with.
0: I didn't invest in your yeah. last one. So so, we've, we've, uh, we're, uh, so we're, no, uh, we we're we So we're we we're going into to business together but it's a big media company. We've got the domain you know I get off on domain Yeah, hate.
2: I mean I do too. I've got thousands of dollars this? worth. I need a prob- I need an intervention on my- this?
0: bigmediacompany.com We've got Big Media Company, Proprietary Limited. We've got Big Media Company on Instagram, on Twitter. It's amazing. Anyway, so the idea <laughs> We well, haven't started trading yeah, yet. So. We haven't we haven't we've, we we registered we've got the entity. We we don't tr- start trading until I get, yeah, yeah, get home. Yeah. But essentially the the awesome thing that we've been talking about is having you know, people talk about scale. And It's funny what people default to. It's the scale of how many square meterage you've got how or many how many employees how many employees. But what we're talking about is Big impact, you know, big scale in that regard, but actually a small team. So you yeah. think about mm. the Louis Theroues, the the yeah. Michael, you know, the Michael Moors, all of the. There's, and even within radio, if you actually take the core team, yeah, yeah, you're talking fuck all people. Well, nimble in approach,
1: the creativity that can come from being nimble yeah. versus, a, you know, thousand how, square meter business the on Clarendon
2: Street. If you, how do you compete? With the volume of competition. So what I mean is like, if you're disrupting how it was done five or 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. you win the race. But now that you're disrupting millions of people also doing the same who have seen that opportunity. Because, you know, Instagram TV, right? So I launched this week, IGTV. And I look in there and I go, wow, here's an opportunity for a young guy to know and have seen how you can build empires by being first, early, and investing heaps in content. And so I sort of looked at that and I thought, like you could literally create your IGTV channel Mm -hmm. and go bananas. And I went, but the sad reality is – You don't know that? No, no, yes, that, but everyone else is capable of that. Mm. And I was flicking through all these videos of people talking to the camera and I was like – Every one of these people can present better than I used to present. Yeah. Like they are, you know, you're a good presenter, Tommy. And I was like, mate, people like you and I, when you look now into everyone's Instagram channel, they are laughing, they are casual, they are... It- what I used to do... They're fucking candid, which is why
0: I've being exactly. saying in London <laughs> the whole <They're> time. It's <laughs> candid. He <laughs> couldn't do it.
2: And so, but what I mean is like you look and you go, fuck, you know, what, what I was selling... You know, five or six years ago, it was really expensive on TV. Was that I could look natural and muck around with big cameras, and yet there's fucking a billion of them yeah. doing it now. Is, so, well, yeah. if you
1: watch your stuff back, it was the least natural thing on earth. Yeah, when you look at people really now. But is that the obvious play when people are looking? Okay, first to the new platform.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, it should be. But the problem is now that everyone knows it, like, you know, if you were building YouTube and no one gave a shit about it, you've got a huge. You, when you were doing travel photography, when no one knew there was a value in it, then now you've got something of value. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind it, of
1: a short game jumping on a platform and riding at this thing. And I know, like, there's companies y- well, that gain y- success. You, know,
2: you can build empires in that gold rush yeah. and that slipstream. What I'm saying is, back to what we we're talking about before, is. And you'll have an answer for it, but I'm pumped, yeah, uh, because you're itching in your seat. But my point is that when it feels like there's a flood Mm -hmm. of that same uh, minimalist approach to what a big media company did, it feels like the world has already gone there. Now, how do you differentiate?
0: So I think there's a few elements to the point around you know. Josh you know, just got out the business yeah, plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, Specifically around, I you know, the Instagram TV. I remember there was a guy uh, who I worked with who decided that he was going to go out and he was getting his drone license. And because drones were getting big, he's like, I'm going to do drone photography. And at the time I was like, this is the worst fucking idea ever because what he was recognizing was the democratization of the technology. Yeah. The problem being... And what people struggle to understand is that if drones are starting to cost less so that you can yeah. start your business, that's happening across the board. So, what? no one is going to sp- spend $1,500 in getting you out to do some sort of photo for real estate thing. They'll just go out and buy a drone. So, there is, there is that element of it. I think that what it comes down to is you need to start working out what is the differentiating what is your point of difference and so for what tommy and i are doing is we realize that the the actual only thing that we have that no one else has is us our experience our lens and so what does that actually if you're to put a filter through it what does it mean it means that we're not just another guest podcast. We don't actually. It's about uh, short. Uh, it's about growth over a long period of time, rather than hockey stick growth. Mm. So we could get, say, we could have had you on episode one, and got a big influx of of traffic about it. <laughs> but what would it, what would have that what would have that really done? Right, where the way that we're going at the moment, every episode we do, we get two new listeners. We've you know we've done. Uh, at the time of recording this, we've done over 115 episodes, so we get over nice. 200 listeners every single episode, and so that slow growth—what yeah. w- it comes down to—but ins- that's that's what I mean. That's yeah. doing it
2: when it's a mad idea and slowly building equity in your offering is awesome.
0: Yeah, and it's the and I think it's the thing that uh, it's a th- it's the work that we th- we also think that that is the point of difference is the showing up every day too. So there's mm. it's the mix of showing up every day, providing a unique offering. And the other thing too is we recognize, well, Tommy and I were having this discussion today. We put out an episode with a guest and I didn't lead with the guest's name. And the conversation, and would love to get your take on it. The, the conversation we we're having was, should we be leading with the guest's name? And so- uh, our thoughts behind, it, or my sort of thought behind it, was if if we lead with a, a guest's name, uh, we're we're inviting people that are fans of that specific person to listen in, and in that's in the specific case that I'm talking about, I felt that it was the in should be the topic, the specific topic they were talking about, and then it's about the guest, and then they'll hopefully. Enjoy what we're we're doing. So I think it's about having that those those filters and being deliberate and not just. I think when I you know, I, I interviewed you five years ago, you know, four years ago, or whatever it was for Josh speaking, I did a total of ten episodes over fucking four years. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I did, did worked out to be one every six months. But the thing is that it's there are a lot of people because the barrier to entry is low. There are a lot of people giving it a crack, and I think that there's the voice in our head especially after seeing over 10 years of podcasting where it's like it's too late we've missed the boat and not another fucking podcast
2: yeah I don't I and I certainly wasn't meaning yeah. the podcast I meant more the big media company yeah. in terms of is you know like in terms of the offering of you know doing something minim- minimal mm. and, and building it big, but you you've got to. And as I said before, it's it's not what you get from it; it's who you become. And if you keep crafting and building, you know you you're sharpening your skills, mm. um, and uh, that's the value of it. Yeah,
0: and I think with big media company specifically, the difference, are, are, as well, is around. Uh, an original content offering. So yeah. what we realise is that yes, we can charge fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for a client video, um, but you know, and if you if you type in video production company, my business will be you know one or two on the the listings on Google. Uh, but the thing is that as we go on, as the, this democratization happens and younger people come in that's going to become more and more a commodity. You don't want to be a commodity. And so what we end up only having um, is ourselves and the creativity and so the artistry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just got to lead. No, you just got to lead with but yourself. Uh,
2: what I love about that is, and I absolutely back you guys 100%, it's I actually also don't think you have to be very different to be very different. Mm. And I think that your unique combination of expertise and view of the world um, allows you to sit in a very different position than the masses. And um, uh, you know being uh, commercially friendly, being uh, understanding the media landscape, uh, the brand, Needs mm. all the way through to understanding how to craft uh, quality content at speed, and so you know, like that—that that can be everything. And don't forget, all the masses won't be accessing the networks that you guys will be. Mm. So there's,
1: if we're controlling the value that we're bringing because we're in charge of that, then that then that's where. We- the difference lies because mm. someone can, like you said, Josh, buy the camera, point it at something, and yeah. shoot.
0: And we're also scratching an itch. I think that there is a, it's that classic case of you saw through your experiences, you know, doing influencer marketing, that there was this huge hole, and you you filled it with tribe, and you can sell you can sell every day on the fact that you see this problem, you saw this problem, and you've come in and you've and you fixed it.
2: So here's the here's the real question. So how are you guys going to go with each other?
1: We've done a (laughs) hundred.
2: We've done 150. So, was this your was this your engagement? This is the onboarding.
1: Well, Josh and I have run simultaneous businesses in the same field yeah. and found ourselves coming together to talk about them yeah. and to bounce each- off each other. So, we've basically primed ourselves for the last two or three years. Are you guys smashing each other with tough love every now well, and then. Man, we have really difficult conversations. Do you? Yeah. And and if you can't live through them, I don't think you would even. Entertain the idea of what a business your, together.
2: What are each other's blind spots? Um,
1: that's a whole episode. I yeah. think I th- we have very different views on the world, um, and I think it's. I think Josh helps me with some of my narrow thinking yeah. on topics and empathy towards things, mm-hmm. and then I think I help Josh simplify some of his uh, wide, broad, complex.
0: Thinking. I think I'm an overthinker, and Tommy oversimplifies over-simpl- yeah. things. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
2: What you wanted to say was you're an overthinker. He's an underthinker. <laughs> yeah, he he one really thing did. I know yeah. about Tommy. Yeah. It's, uh, he doesn't uh, think yeah, it's at it's, all. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, no. Well, there's definitely been the arguments where I'm like, Tommy, you wouldn't. I'm complex thinking right now, so you just don't fucking understand what I'm saying. <laughs> and he goes, you
2: don't have to bother. You're about to walk into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: but it's the um, it's it's definitely about being able to have those. Hard conversations, but but I think where it comes down to is we're aligned in the vision, mm. and the vision for us with this podcast was we want to we want to scale our friendship in the and it sounds like very fucking weasel wordy and startupy but what it means is uh, I know that when I was you know working for myself. It can be a very very lonely journey, mm. and Tommy and I having conversations regularly, we realised that uh, mateship, uh, having just having a conversation, you can take something that was very difficult in your head and really yeah. be able to to reconcile and understand yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I couldn't do what I'm doing had I not had Anthony. Yeah, like there's no way. But also, just know that the um, the the you know invest in each other's growth you know and the best way to do that is to call each other on your each Mm. other's bullshit it's that's that will be the best that that'll be the biggest reward that you get through it yeah i think that you you're sort of able to find um and and help the other person Become aware of um, things that they can be better on, uh, and uh, you've got to trust in the other one cares about you. That it's not a game of ego.
1: Yeah, you said it there trust. You've hired Ant with the intention to build trust and a relationship. Whereas Josh and I, over the last couple of years, we've actually been building trust. Mm. And then I, I know that he's always looking at me, thinking ahead
0: for what they'll look for, me, look like for me, or will that service best? We can sell each other you know, better than we can sell ourselves. Mm. But also, it it means that we can, um, you know, we've had, you know, early days, The first, you know, two years ago, we were on a, a client job. I was a subcontractor for Tommy. Uh, the shoot didn't go as planned and the client said, hey, guys, you know, this was a retainer job and they said, guys, we're going to have to sort this out next time. And I said to them at the time, I'm like, well, you're not going to have to worry because I'm not coming on board again. <laughs> he burnt the building down and walked out. I burnt the building down Which and walked out. And you know, it's, it's classic J- Josh. It's a classic JJ move. Uh, I, I see I, you I, fuckers. You, know, you sent me an email yeah. and I quit the, the yeah. SCA. So it's a, you know, it's a pattern. I know that it's a pattern. What,
1: what
2: happened? What what well, happened at the retainer? Well, so no, no, it, no, it, was,
1: it was it was a job that sort of was always a bit funny, and there was things that weren't communicated and it just kind of the scope got bigger and I hadn't set it up properly and Josh was on just helping shoot it and so there was a a lot going on and they and Josh (laughs) saw the writing on the wall and in the moment he saw his moment on the shoot to tell him that he's not coming back. Well, so the thing was, (laughs) and so we've been through that. I was like, dude, that was not the right decision to say that then. I could have just emailed them after. Well, the thing
0: is, it's a, (laughs) it's an agent. I fucking wanted them to know. I fucking hate middlemen. I hate agencies. (laughs) Right. And so the thing was that what I was annoyed at was, we were getting a small piece of a pie to produce to produce a, a piece of content and the thing was that the agency wanted to write the script and that was their contribution yeah, yeah. but they were doing a shit house job of it and so and the thing was they couldn't t- and so what happened in the moment was they added on an extra uh bit of the script that wasn't that wasn't priced out yeah. and tommy in the moment said uh to they flung it on us said hey we're just going to do this extra bit and so Tommy in the moment said hey mate uh, that wasn't sort of in our run sheet we don't have that and I bit my tongue the guy cracked it and said yeah we'll talk about this later and then he sat us down and said you can't be doing that on set I said well you need to be communicating up front what we're doing and he said well we you know we we can't be having this and I said well you're not going to have to worry about I don't know what Tommy's going to do but I'm speaking for myself right now uh, I I don't need to work like this, and so <laughs> and yeah, you know, I've had I've had those moments, but it's been a grow it's been a growth. How did finish. he respond? Uh, he responded where it's uh, I could see Tommy sort of being like uh, okay, uh, like trying to understand it in his head, but um, I I am still happy with with that response in a lot of ways. In the mm. sense of I wish that and Tommy and I being on the journey together. We can help each other make these decisions together, but at the same time, I've I have done that where, um, you know, within the you know within your business and all that sort of thing, you are your own boss. Yes, you do have bosses, but you also have a standard in which you work. And so, uh, for me, I have I have ended retainers with agents. I just don't fucking work with agencies anymore. <laughs> but I've ended retainers with agencies end? where it's like, you know what, like. They'll see someone who is an individual working. It's like we give Josh Jansen eighteen thousand dollars a month. He's not going to walk away. And I've got to say, there's something so liberating <laughs> with being like you've been. You, you've called me every single evening, and this has gone over an extra week, and I'm going to walk away. And so it's it's interesting. I think it will be interesting for for Tommy and I to to be able to be a team and not have to do that alone and the learning for me has been in communicating up front i tend to uh go above and beyond and then it just becomes the new norm Mm. and then you wait until you're in a corner and then you end up saying it's not for me rather than telling them two weeks earlier yeah
2: yeah well it takes assertiveness especially with your own business i mean i've noticed tommy being stronger and stronger with that you got to find that balance don't you? you figure it out you know like because you can't just be doing your apprenticeship forever otherwise you're just yeah. getting underpaid and and undervalued so
0: it's it's i think it's a, a respect thing as well and a self-respect and um realizing that like what is the metric in which we're using to uh measure our success square yeah. meterage of an office yes, exactly
2: or <laughs> well, what is it is it is it hourly yeah. or
0: you know like it is what's well, even beyond that it's even beyond that for you know so that's obviously there's uh you know different ways that you can quote out a job and all that sort of thing yeah. but i'm even talking bigger picture sort of stuff which is like is this work? So the the reason that these things i'm happy to walk away from which is like you know you got to ask yourself some questions is this show real worthy is this good for my bank account or or are these great people to work with? And if it's not ticking a couple of those boxes, yeah. if they're assholes to work with, you don't want to put it on the sh- on the show reel. And the money is really good, you know. I'll ma- take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you you <laughs> might take it, and that's and that's the call. And this is like I think. Uh, you know, well, we can't play the hourly rate game because there's someone that will come
1: in cheaper. And so, mm. but and then if they're val if they're seeing our value as the hour, then they're going to find someone that's less of value, but. That's valuable to them, so they'll go with that.
2: And so, what's the long game? So you, you've got a kid, Josh and um, Brie. Mm. You're going to have kids one day, possibly. Well, I mean, if that's you and fucked this up. Is,
0: I mean, this is <laughs> not with each other.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Brie has lasted longer than I gave her.
0: No, I think it's, it's it's interesting. I think um, that's been one of the things. And uh, Rob Ward of Quadlock spoke about it, which is like there isn't. There's. A, It's easier when business partners are completely aligned in regards to lifestyle and all that sort of thing. Um, Bree and I aren't planning on having kids. Um, But it's actually perfect in the sense of uh, Tommy, like I love that uh, I sort of feel uh, responsible for Tommy and his family and he feels the same. He pulls me up more about
1: working In the times where I probably should be spending time with my family, mate, is that going to be okay for the family?
0: I'm like, yeah, fucking oath. Well, it's just that thing of like, I (laughs) want to create. That's beautiful. I want to create. You know, the point of big media company is not that we hustle so hard that we become fat and sick. the The idea is that we actually, we're we're creating a business that's a lifestyle business, not in the sense that we can we've got some muse that we're making a bunch of money off, but that we're actually doing the shit that we want to do mm. every single day. Yeah. And so that. when you're using that as the filter, the the truth is that I've I have made, you know, uh, when I first started, you know, 15 grand in a year as a freelancer and I've done much more than that and actually the thing that changed, like the money thing starts become becoming less and less mm. of a factor and it's more the question of are we doing the stuff that we want to do mm. and so, and it's also what are we prioritizing? If for Tommy, it's about uh, if Bodhi and Amy is a big priority, mm. then it means that maybe we we only work within the hours that we give ourselves. And we, don't, we say, you know, we pay an extra few hundred bucks to get the photographer on the Tuesday instead of the Sunday, even though the Sunday might be cheaper because mm. we don't have to pay for the studio because that's the time that's valuable. Mm. So it's, um, it's, a different, it's a different way of filtering stuff. You might like this, Jules. Uh,
1: Josh and I have talked about everyone sort of waiting for that big break. And we, you know, see this as choosing to have our big break. Mm. This is the big break because everyone's waiting for theirs mm. and it probably won't come. And, mm. it's, and it's also
0: realizing that it's not... Uh, yeah, we're I not, do like that. We're not creating a YouTube channel to be on TV. We're not creating a podcast to be on radio. And it's so liberating. And it's the thing of this is the equivalent. What we're doing right now is the equivalent of when you got your drive time shot, uh, slot in radio. We... The the thing is we're on the exact same platform as Hamish and Andy is, you know, within iTunes. And so when you think about that, it's like, okay, then all we need to do is keep going. We don't need to be waited, waiting to be picked or anything like that. We're building this thing. Mm. And so that's like really powerful. Yeah. You'd have
1: a lot of talkers come at you as in people just, I'm an entrepreneur, I've got a start up. And then you'd see Apes. them slip away. I don't know. I mean, I I've been of... chipping in your ear for years, and I haven't. No, gone but in what air. I love
2: about that is you guys are the shoe shiner. You know, that's it's you, you're like you're like you're going to do what you love, and then you're going to enjoy your life. And I, I wish I didn't have. Um, yeah, I, I hope I can get there. You know, I'll, I'll be going a long way around. Uh, I'm certainly in the tunnel at the moment, where it doesn't feel like I can stop or go back. So. I'm gonna put my head down, but I, I love it. I think it's really admirable, and um, and more importantly, it's enjoyable.
0: Mm. And so the devel- I think the other thing too is it's th- development. It's like changing. The only thing that's gonna remain the same in all of this is we're like we're gonna be like with ourselves. We're gonna have ourselves. So uh, anything that we do, we like as long as we're developing and getting better. Mm. Then it's like even if tribe isn't the thing. Mm. Like it could be something like something else could be the thing.
2: Mm. Oh God, I don't want to do anything. else
0: <laughs> It's just like your radio show when it's you were it. asleep. But this when is the thing: you might realize that, uh, like, you'll th- through tribe doing all of this stuff, you'll be able to call bullshit so quickly mm. on the default thinking. So the default thing. The funny thing was when we start, when we decided to do a big media company, the first thing Tommy and I did was we... Um, or one of the first things we... Uh, Got credit cards. <laughs> credit card. Yeah, we maxed, maxed them out. Uh, no, we, we actually... We, we went and started looking at properties, right? Like lease to, for leases. And then we had this discussion where we we're like, actually, this is the exact fucking default thinking of a big yeah. media company that we're trying to avoid. <laughs> and we don't like... The future of work and where yeah. all of this stuff's going, why would we... Like that's Cement a passive, ourselves, that's yeah. the pacifier from actually making progress. If we're, mm. if we're spending forty grand a year on a fucking lease, yeah. let's spend forty k on a travel budget. Mm. Let's 100%, do. Let's because
1: do, the big media company will be looking. going, fuck those guys in that caravan that just drive around the country doing podcasts
0: and making <laughs> videos. That's the life.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that comes without those
0: cementing factors. We have to. You have to say no to some of these norms and all that. Sort Do you think
1: of thing. it's okay going okay what's what's the norm? What's the opposite? Or what's the norm can we oh, go that yeah. way? I
2: was saying that to a person this morning as I was using an example of someone who was creating a, a marketplace an app and um, yeah, I was like you know you there's a startup norm and you get stuck in it. Right. So you go, all right, I've, I want to, you know, create some technology. Well, that's expensive. So I'll raise money. As soon as you raise money, you're on the hook. Yeah. And so then you raise money and then you've got to say, we're going to hit these targets so we can give you back more money. And then you've got to hit the targets. And then it just, and then you've got to raise more money. And it like, and so I was just saying to her, hey, what if you actually just stopped for a second and said, that's the norm, but you just said, how is there another way that you can express your passion live your purpose change the landscape of which you're trying to disrupt to um, maintain balance which you know i was saying you won't be able to do once you go down that that path um you know what does that look like and she was like oh it's really interesting you know because i said there's another option or another way of doing it and then we (laughs) were sort of like there's levels of what you bite off Whereas, you know, the norm is biting off a massive amount and you don't even realise how big you've bitten off until you, you're chewing on it. So that, And that's how I feel with me sometimes, you know. It's like once you're on, you're, you're on. Um, and, you know, there's sacrifices within that and, and, and they feel like they're costly. Whereas the reality is what you're talking about is expressing those things, being rewarded but you're not having to give up ridiculous amounts for things you don't value. And like a lease and you know all these other things that you know, you're know you conditioned to purchase because um, real estate companies and other businesses have been suckered into it. Yeah, stay outside the system as long as you can with this thing.
1: Mm. There's a lot of successful people reflecting on the success they had and how it nearly killed them and then they're selling in finding that true purpose and passion to not have that do you think there's a level do you think you can get to that level of success without slogging yourself and putting yourself down the hole or into the into the tunnel into the train tunnel that you're currently in
2: <laughs> i don't know anyone who's at it you know, I, I, even people that are born with unbelievable gifts, like Haim is a great example of just, you know, but even he's, you know, he's worked his ass off to even with that gift, you know, that gift alone, he could stand on a stage before he even worked his ass off And but yet he still worked really hard. So um, outside of that, then you might have people that have lucked out. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I certainly don't think they're – because then, you know, I, I sometimes wonder people that, you know, that have got a tons of money, I think they probably have low self – you know, like low self-esteem, what's their purpose there if they didn't earn the money, mm-hmm. if it was inherited or if it was won? So that's luck, right, in some capacity. But I don't know anyone that's had – I mean, that's how you – then you got to question what is success, you know, like what's success to certain people, you know, working – four days a week is probably success.
1: Mm. Do you I think re- you got into tribe without understanding what success is for you?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a human thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, i uh, I'm passionate, you know, as I said before, I like I wasn't thinking about success. I was thinking about, fuck, wouldn't that be awesome? Mm. You know, what if, I'm just intoxicated by what if, you know, and then I see something and go, let's just make that a reality. And then I start to move towards it and I'm bloody good in enrolling people. I'm like, how fucking good is this? You want to join the team, everyone joins the team and then you raise some money and then you look around and you go, fuck, you're responsible for all these people. (laughs)
0: Interesting that you say what if, one of the things that we've been talking, Tommy and I have been talking about a lot is as if, so, rather than fake it till you make it, we had a guest on, Peter Shepard, who uh, uh, coaches for Alt-MBA, which is uh, Seth Godin's uh, program, and uh, As If is around, okay, well, what would happen if we would do this podcast as if it had a million listeners? Yeah, and that's, yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're not faking it. To We'll tell you, you know, as recording this, we have 200 listeners, but... We are treating this
2: I don't reckon you'd have them right now. We've been talking for six hours. <laughs> no, if yeah. they're still listening, I'll be well, fucking is, amazing. If the, you are still listening, tweet me yeah, yeah. at Jules Lund. I'll be fascinated.
0: And this and this is the thing. And so the as if stuff for us was really empowering. It changed the narrative from Love it. Fake it till you make it, which is this this. You it's know, an early day mindset giving you confidence to even but, think you can exist. But what fake it till you make it is this implication that there's a… It's myth, fraudulent. What? And there's yeah. a misalignment between uh, your values and who you are versus what you're projecting to be where we're just saying, like, we're doing this as if. Mm.
2: Um, yeah, I really but, like that. So how can I use that in my life? So um, I'll I tell you how I could use it. I could probably say to myself, why don't you enjoy your weekends as if you've already made it?
1: You've sold the business. That,
2: no, that it, that as it if it's going to see one thing. I ask myself is like, like because you know, w- w- the journey, not the destination. I'm not good at that. Yeah. Like I, I'm so focused on the destination, right? So, I, I waste the, I waste the good parts of the journey. But it's funny, like if it all went. Like, when I look back on Getaway, like, I, I used to take that so seriously. Like, you know, everyone would be going out on uh, out on the town, right? You know, would be in some amazing place. It'd be a summer's night in Africa, and there'd be all these people dancing in the street, people drinking, and, and I'd be like, no, nah, got to get up early in the morning. Got to do a presentation. Yeah, I got to present to camera, and I took it so far Friggin' seriously that i just missed out on so many good things i look back and i go what was the point of that and you know even um celebrations and stuff that i've cut short you know things that i would actually remember but i can't remember why i sacrificed that Mm. for the work right and so yeah i just wonder uh, uh, with this process if i knew i couldn't fail um how would i live differently and and what that basically says is if, if this was going to be an absolute winner or if it was going to fail, either way, if yeah. it was going to fail, I should be enjoying my weekends. <laughs> if it's going to win
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I know it's going to win, yeah. I should be enjoying my and weekends. There's, and there's also very little control – like. Once you know that destination, there's not you're not going to really change your but journey. But do you
2: think I can't – this is the bit – that's where I, it comes unstuck. And I'm like – because I'm like, mate, look after the little things and big things happen. And that's the curse of a perfectionist that you actually believe that every um, 0.01%, 10 of those adds up to 1%. And then, you know, 10 of those is 10%. And if you just keep – which is an absurd reality because – I'm the only one who's seeing the percents.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think that there's. It's like that thing of, I've caught myself getting a text message or an email. It's something I've got to do, and I get a bit of anxiety about it. But if you didn't see if it, if I didn't see it, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. fucking know it existed, yeah, and nothing it's would have changed. It's true, and so and yeah. it and it happens in so many cases where it's like you, you get you'll uh, yeah, you know so the, the little you know think about. When you open up your phone and you're refreshing the email, your email, what's the, what is your body doing? What is your mind doing? I know that I think of the four people who I don't want me to email because I can't be fucked dealing with that project at that time, and so it's it's amazing how much all of these things weigh. Mm. And then so like one of the things that I've been doing of late like, is it's like it's that sort of as if it's i care so much about what all how my clients uh, if my clients are happy and all that sort of thing but there's actually moments uh, that i'm going through at the moment where i'm like actually um that's not the priority right now and so i'm going to act during this time right at this moment i'm not going to worry about i wonder if they've gotten the revisions i'm going to work as if i don't care about that stuff now i'll pick it up tomorrow morning and i'll be fine and and it's been amazing. Where it's like, as acting as if this person's opinion of yeah, you yeah. doesn't matter, has been. uh It's a great. It's actually a
2: really good device to shift and reframe the narrative. It's a. It's a really good one to do.
1: um Can we thank Seth Godin?
0: Uh, no, I think Peter Shepherd on his uh his what's what's his blog? It's above the. Uh, Can you send it to me? Yeah, yeah. He's he's doing some amazing stuff. A Melbourne hmm. dude uh killing it in sort of the uh, the new age uh coaching creative coaching you know, yeah. asking asking questions getting the best out of people yeah
2: this i saw him in your feed yeah i mean you were looking happy he was looking happy
0: tommy <laughs> yeah tommy tommy yeah. was too you busy know, you know here's the thing right why, you, why were you not smiling like
1: i had food in my teeth and i did smile well, but i think josh chose the photo that his hair looked the best in which uh, is that true uh, I don't know, but my hair looks shit in all of it. No, he was saying on the day, oh, my hair's shit. And I've gone, he's fucking you look like you didn't like the interview. That's how I read
2: it. (laughs) Be very careful on your food and your teeth because all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know if I'll listen to him. Only one of the
1: guys liked it. Very true, very true. But I took
0: one for the team. Josh put the photo that he looked the best in. It's the daily talk show. (laughs) The thing that I want to just end this with is, you know, Jules, uh, you're always so open and – show that level of vulnerability i think that the interesting thing is there's a lot of people who won't do it because they're they're not at the you you could look at what you're saying and being like oh man there needs to be some self-awareness here or there but the reality is the fact that you can have that bird's eye approach and recognize that like we're all a bit fucking broken and trying to work it out and doing this sort of stuff is hard i think that that's um it's admirable it's it's something that i think is inspiring and something that I take from what you do is it's 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 being even if you don't have all the answers, it's saying hey I, I don't have them and I think people there's probably a bunch of people who get a bit uncomfortable and, and probably say, can you believe... Especially that? my investors. I <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hope they're not listening to this. <laughs> it's, it's all,
0: it's all going to be... It's as if, as if, you've, uh, as if it's yeah, been great. As if,
2: as if they want to invest more.
0: <laughs> it's a daily talk show. Jules Lund, thank you for being uh, on the podcast no and, and deconstructing uh, a bunch of things, including the business, which is the first time we've, we've spoken about yeah. it. So, and um,
2: Thank you for being too very enlightened friends of mine because you do inspire me both of you your hunger but also your uniqueness in how you approach it it's, it's different to how i would do it which is really refreshing
1: thanks
0: buddy the daily talk show everyone hi at the daily if you want to send us an email any complaints in regards to this and here's this episode. jesse
2: J with <laughs> fucking cheap shit podcast <laughs> equipment <laughs>